Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. What's going on, Coastline? How y'all doing this morning? Yeah, everybody doing well? You guys had enough coffee today? Everybody getting caffeinated? Hey, I don't know if you guys know this. I want to take a quick second and thank all the people uh, that help out in the morning uh, brewing coffee here at Coastline. Uh, we get this delicious coffee from this place called Island Roasters down the way, uh, and, uh, and there's ladies that they show up super early and start making it. And it is absolutely fantastic. If you're watching online, you don't get to try this at all. But if you're here in person, man, uh, I hope you're enjoying the coffee. I see people drinking right now. Here we go. So good. Um, Hey, if this is your first time here or first time in a while, my name is Brian Nichols. I'm the pastor here at Coastline. I want to say thanks for coming and hanging out with us here uh, today. Uh, I'm excited because today we're continuing part two of a series uh, that we started just last week called Push. How many of you guys were here last week? The rest of you guys, you guys were at the beach. We know where you were, and I was jealous. I don't know what it is. Every Sunday morning, I come over the bridge, and it's like, it's either like a beautiful beach day, or it's slick calm on the water, and everyone's going out fishing on their boats, and I don't get to do that ever. So, um, but anyways, thanks for coming and hanging out with us here today. We started that series last week called push and we're talking about how we uh, have this opportunity to live outside of comfortable. You know, we live in a world right now where comfort comfort is definitely something that is highlighted. It's definitely something that is value, valuable. Uh, I mean, even, even today, like as we sit in even these, these seats in this auditorium, right, we want to have comfortable seats. But our, our, our community, our, our, our way of living has gotten to a point where comfort is in such high, high regard, and based off of what I see Jesus say and what I see Jesus do and the people that he gathered around him, I don't think it's as valuable as maybe what the world makes it out to be. And so um, we're looking at, as Jesus started his ministry, as he gathered these guys around him, he specifically grabbed a handful of these guys that their trade, they were fishermen. And we, so we're looking at, at this, you know, I've always had this like weird th- connection with this because one, I'm a fisherman. I love to fish. It's a hobby. It's not one of those things that's a, it's something I do to feed my family. It's just something I do to kind of recharge myself on the inside. It's a great opportunity for me to get alone and get with God. Um, but as, as, as I read the scripture in the gospel and I see Jesus, one of the very first group of guys that he gets, the four of them are fishermen. I can't help but think that that was not done by accident. It wasn't just happened by, by happenstance. It was something in the characteristic of these guys that Jesus said, this is what I need on my side during this next time. And so you think these weren't guys that were, uh, you know, socially, you know, uh, v- very popular or anything like that. They probably weren't very smart. But the characteristics that they had is they were extremely hardworking guys. If you're a fisherman, I, I know a couple of guys here in, in our church that they, they literally are fishermen for a living. And one thing that all of them have in common is I know that they will work the rest of us under the table because it's, it's not an easy thing. These were hardworking guys that Jesus brought around him. These were guys that were not afraid to get down and get dirty. They weren't, they weren't afraid of smelling bad at the end of the day. 
They were not afraid to, 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 to be problem solvers. You think fishermen, you can't do the same thing every day, day in and day out. You got to figure out where the fish are. Some, something might throw it off and you got to go out the next day and, and you got to figure out the puzzle that is being a fisherman. And lastly, these were guys that, that just didn't have a whole lot of quit in them. If you're someone that quits things easily, fishing is probably not for you because you got to have patience. And I think of these characteristics, and I think of what Jesus brought around him, and I realize that, that these guys highlighted in their life living outside of what was comfortable. And even as we talked last week, talk last week we talked about uh, how Jesus comes to Peter first, and he's preaching in his boat. And at the end of his sermon, he says, let's go out a little bit deeper, and let's, let's fish some more. And Peter says, Jesus, we've been fishing all night which is when you're supposed to fish. And we've already cleaned our nets. But Jesus says, why don't you just push past a little bit more of what's comfortable and push into what I'm calling you to do. And Peter does it, and it says that they had more fish than they had ever seen before. They had more fish than they had ever had in their nets to the point where their nets are breaking. And Peter again sees that when it comes to living in the calling of Jesus, Stepping out of what is comfortable is always what's best. That's what, that's what we left with uh, last week. This week, we're going to take the next step into that. But beforehand, I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to jump into it. You guys all right with us so far? Everyone's still awake? Drink some more coffee if you're not. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for the time that we get to come together as, as a church family. I pray that even in this moment, as we listen to your word in these scriptures, that the worry and stress and anxiety of life would melt off of us. That the things that we're struggling with, God, we would realize that, that as you are who you are, that you want to help free us of that. I pray that you would allow us to focus our minds completely 100% on you. Have your way in this message. In Jesus', in Jesus name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Hey, I want to take two quick seconds. Everybody stand up all across this place. Uh, high five or shake hands with someone sitting next to you, around you. Uh, introduce yourself. Man, I think connection is important. Let's spend some time connecting with one another. Yeah. So today I want to talk a little bit about identity. And, um, you know, I, as, as we were finishing up uh, this, this last part of the, the sermon last week, um, I skimmed over a section in Matthew chapter 42, or 4 verse 22, in which Jesus calls these disciples. He says, come and follow me. And this is after they've They've spent a day of fishing. This is after they went with Jesus and, and he had this miracle happen where they caught more fish than they'd ever caught before. As they're sitting there, he says, come and follow me. And this is what happens next. It says in verse 22, it says that they immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. These guys went and and in the midst of, of catch, having the, the best payout day they've ever had before, because they saw what Jesus could do through them, they passed on all of it and left their boats on the side of the shore 
and for the next years just followed Jesus and did what he said. Now, the crazy thing to me is when I read this, I, I, I connect with this a little bit because I'm, I, got a, I got a very small boat, but it's one of those things where it's, it's kind of like the garden of peace in my life. You know, I go out and I get, I, it's something that I value. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what would it take for me to just, like, leave my boat, docked on the shore, and just leave for the next, next couple of years? Daniel, tell me this. I mean, it'd be hard to leave. You know, I'm just going to pull up on the shore, and I'm, hopefully, maybe it's there when I get back. Who cares? It takes, that would take a lot. It would take a lot in these guys because not only, it's not just a boat at this point. This is their identity. This is how they provide for themselves. This is a part of, of who they are in their DNA, and they leave it to go follow Jesus. You know, I think about um, fishing in today's day, and, you know, especially here in our, our small little beach town, uh, we definitely have a fishing community. People like to fish all different types of fishing. I identify, or I, I don't identify, that's not weird. I connect with mostly uh, flats fishing and sight casting and being in the shallows down here in the Mosquito Lagoon. But I'm at a point now where I spend enough time on the water where you start to, to see and connect with what boats are out there and who's out there. And I'm at a point now where I don't even have to be close to the boat. I can see it from a far way off based off the color and the shape and how the people are standing on it. I can tell what captains wear, who's where, and I don't even have to be close to them. It's, it's something where I start to identify the boat with the person. It's part of, their, part of their identity. If I ever got out there and someone got a new boat, you would, it would throw everything, completely throw everything off. You would have no idea who it is. One of the things that's, that's very identifiable, especially in the type of fiction I like to do in very shallow water, is this tool that all of us use, or many of us use, called a push-pull. How many of you guys have ever seen or know what I'm talking about when I say push-pull? Three people, great. Okay, we're gonna do an illustrated sermon. Uh, so right here on the bottom of the stage, I have a push pole. Now this is a uh, 22 foot long push pole. Um, it's made out of carbon fiber. It's pretty, it's pretty sturdy. It pushes my fat butt around uh, for a long time. It's, uh, I've used this for at least a couple years now. But this is one of those things that when, when this is on the back of a boat, when a, a captain or someone is on the polling platform, from a long way away, you can identify very quickly what they're doing. A lot of times, if you see it on the water, you'll see, a, a, you'll, I think we got a picture of it. We showed it last week, too, but they'll look a little bit like this. Go ahead and flash that picture up there or keep it up there. For, there, there it is, right? So you got a guy on the back. He's got this giant, giant long pole. And, uh, you know, the funny thing was I was at, uh, Eric and I went to JB's the other day, and uh, I, I've got this attached to the side of my boat, and, and some guys from New York come up, and they're like, what are you doing with that? Harpoon and manatees? I was like, no, no. Pretty sure you go to jail for that. That's for a different sermon, but no, they, they had no idea. But part, part of what I realized in the past couple years is when it comes to the fishing I like to do, if I step out of what's comfortable a little bit, I get to see a little bit greater of a reward. And so typically, a lot of people, they go out in the flats and they'll put a trolling motor down or they'll trolling motor around. It's super easy to do, use electronics. But at some point years ago, I switched and decided to start pushing the boat around. It's pretty uncomfortable to do. At the end of the day, I come home and Erica's like, why are you looking like you're 80? 
I was like, I'm sore and I'm fat. I've been working hard, pushing this boat around. But this is something that identifies these guys, that specific type of fishing. Now, with this pole, I want to show you two things. There's, there's two parts of it, right? There's this part right here. It's called the point, right? Um, they call it that because it's a point. You're a genius. Great job, Joyce. <clears throat> uh, it's a point. This is the part that's used uh, for pushing when you're in like a sandy or hard rock bottom. Right? This is the part that goes in the water and you push from the other side. Now, we need to take an intermission as I get to the other side of this 20. I'm trying not to break a TV. Here we go, here we go, here we go. This is the other part of the push-pull. Anybody know what this is called? It's called the foot. The foot of the push-pull. So you got the point, you got the foot. This is for pushing on a muddy bottom. So if you're in a place where there's a lot of soft bottom and the, the pole would just go into the ground, you use this end, and it gives, spreads out the, the load, and you get to push a little bit better on soft bottom. But as I was on the, my boat this week, and I was looking, I was using both of these points, and as I was talking to a good buddy of mine, and we were out fishing, we were talking about church, we were talking about what Jesus is doing in our lives, I connected with something when it comes to identity that I think is helpful when it comes to understanding who Jesus is. See, the push pole, it's got a, it's got a point and it's got a, it's got a foot and both, both of the ends of the pole are used for specific things. And as I was sitting there and we're doing a little bit of discipleship, I realized one of the things that Jesus connects with when he's talking to the disciples is being a shepherd. In John chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus says this. He says, I'm the good shepherd, and the good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. See, Jesus brought, he brought fishermen around him to go through and do this ministry, but specifically when he talked a lot about ministry and how his love was for the people around him, it was that, that, uh, uh, wow, almost like I speak for a living, Right? It was like that characteristic of being a shepherd to sheep. And as I'm pushing this, my buddy along and we're talking about what Jesus is doing in our lives, I, I realize that much like the push pole, the, the staff of a shepherd also has two ends. See, on these two ends, you'll see that if you, if, and I wish I don't have, I'm not a shepherd, so I don't have one to show you, but you can get the gist of it, right? There's a, there's a part that wraps like this. It's called the hook. And then, and then the other part of it is pointy, much like the point of, of the push pole, and that's called the crook. So you got the hook, and you got the crook. And specifically, these shepherds, when they're, when they're leading sheep around, they use this. This is a tool that they would use every day in helping to protect, helping to provide for, helping to lead and guide the sheep to where they're supposed to be. The shepherds, they would use the hook part of this, this staff or this, this, uh, this pole, and they would, it was specifically shaped so that they could wrap it around the head of the sheep or the leg of a sheep, and they could pull him along the way. And then the pointy end was used as a little bit of a push, a little bit of a prod. If a sheep was going the wrong way or a sheep was getting into, into danger, they would use that, that pointy part to just 
push him a little bit out of the dangerous area. I wish I would have uh, been able to download it or figure out how to download it. But this past uh, week, someone posted on Facebook and it said something like, Jesus trying to help me out in life. And it was this, this modern day shepherd literally like pulling the sheep out of a muddy ravine it had got stuck in. He's, you can tell he's been working all day. He, he throws them onto the land and climbs out himself. And the sheep's like stumbling and runs and literally does a half shoot, or half circle and jumps right back into the ravine. And the title was like, literally Jesus trying to help me in life. So the shepherds, they would use the hook to pull and they would use the, the crook to, to push. Not only did Jesus identify with his characteristics and his relation to us as, as the good shepherd, King David, back in years and years before Jesus was even around, connected with the same type of mentality in his relationship with God to himself. He identified God as, as the shepherd of his life. In Psalm chapter 23, verse 1 and 6, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He leads me to rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strengths. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff, they protect me. They comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. Your honor, you honor me by anointing my head with oil and my cup overflows with blessing. Lastly, verse 6 says, surely, the goodness, surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. It's, it's a pretty beautiful uh, chapter in the book of Psalms. And if you're ever at a point where you're having a tough day, if you're, if you're struggling through your day, I mean, this is a great thing to pull up and remind yourself that this is, this is how God wants to, wants to have a relationship with you. Through these verses, it said there, there's, there's parts where he talks about how God protects him as a shepherd would protect a sheep from the things that try to get at the sheep talks about the provision of how the shepherd would provide for the sheep and how God wants to provide for us. He talks about how the, the shepherd would guide the sheep to where they're supposed to go next and ultimately how God wants to guide us. But as I was, as I was thinking about how a sheep would guide and also, or how how a shepherd would guide sheep with his staff and how sometimes God wants to use us to, or how God wants to guide us, I realize that, that sometimes we let our comfort get in the way of how God wants to change our direction or adjust something in our lives. See, see the, the hook part of the staff would have been pretty comfortable for the sheep. It would have been something that that, that kind of draws them away, pulls them closer to the shepherd. But the crook part of the staff would have been something that was very uncomfortable. It would have, it would have caused discomfort to the sheep. It would have said to the sheep, this, okay, that's not an area that I want to, I want to go. It was used for, 
for disciplining. I think that sometimes we, this is a part that we have a hard time connecting with in our relationship with God. And in how Jesus leads us, we think, we think that all the time he should use just the pool. Things should be comfortable. Allow my heart to feel like I'm supposed to go, go this way or do this thing. But then when the, when the time comes where he uses the uncomfortable thing to adjust us or to get us out of danger or to push us in a direction that, that, that would lead to destruction, we don't connect that maybe Jesus is still trying to be the good shepherd that he is. We have a hard time identifying the characteristics of, that Jesus has in him wanting to lead us. Maybe when we think about it now, the, that time we got fired from our job, maybe that wasn't one of those things where it was just a, a tough time in our life. Maybe it, was, maybe it was Jesus trying to push us out of an area that would be more dangerous. When it comes to that relationship that we thought was going to work out and didn't work out, and we were heartbroken, it became uncomfortable, maybe we look back and think, maybe Jesus was just trying to protect us and save us from something that, that was going to cause a lot of pain and destruction in our life. Maybe the house that didn't work out or the, the plans that we had to go on vacation or whatever it is. Maybe the friend that you had in your life that, that's no longer a friend. Maybe, just maybe, that if you'll allow it, Jesus will still guide you and protect you. And, and sometimes it, it might be a little bit uncomfortable. I'm going to tell you, if, if we have the ability to push past what's comfortable, we get the opportunity to live in the blessing of God. Later on in Jesus' and Peter's uh, relationship with one another, as, they, as he discipled him and as Peter saw his, his teacher uh, be captured and put to the cross and put to death, we talked about how last week how he first sees him as he's back on a boat, he's back to, to fishing and doing what he identified with. Him and the other disciples around him are all in this boat, and Jesus tells them, they don't realize it's him, they tell him, put, up, put your nets on the other side of the shore, or the other side of the boat, which seems like a pretty, you know, un, uh, uneventful thing to do when it comes to fishing. But they do that, and immediately their nets, their nets are full, and I think when that happens, they connect clearly with who the man on the shore is. It's Jesus. We've had this story happen before. This is that Peter runs to the shore. Jesus tells him to go get some fish and let's break bread together. This is that in John 21, 15, in verse 15, it says that after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Jesus then says, 
then feed my lambs. As a man comes up and we get ready to close service, I, I recognize in this, in this scripture that Jesus started out calling Peter. He said, Peter, come with me and I'm going to make you a fisher of men. He understood who Peter was and what he identified as. He understood his identity, the characteristics that he had. But here as after Peter had denied Jesus three times, as, as he had gone back to what he had done before in being a fisherman, Jesus sits him down and he doesn't say, hey, remember I called you to be a fisher of men. No, he, Jesus redirects his, his talk and he says, do you love me? Then, then feed my lambs. He says, you know who I am, and you're following me. Take on the characteristics of me. Change yourself and adjust outside of what is comfortable to you and the things that are good for you and okay for you, and shift, push yourself to be more like me. Feed my lambs. Verse 16, it says, Jesus repeated the question. He said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. He said, then take care of my sheep. Again, Jesus pushes heavily the characteristics that he identifies with. He says, he says take care of my sheep. And lastly, in verse 17, it says a third time, he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt at this point. He says, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And after saying, take care of my lambs, take care of my sheep, Jesus responds a third time. He says, then feed my sheep. The Bible doesn't say this next, but I can't help but think that as this is just days after Peter denied Jesus three times as he hears the rooster crow. And these are the early morning hours as Jesus is talking to him and he, he connects with Peter and he says, I want you to adjust. I want you to push past what's comfortable and connect with what I identify you with. As he adjusts him in a way where Peter is uncomfortable at the end, he's hurt. Jesus says, feed my sheep. I can't help but think in my mind, I don't know if it's true, but maybe, just maybe that as he's saying this, a rooster's crowing in the background. And, and at some point, something switches in Peter and he understands that if he can just push past what he's comfortable with, if he's pushed past with what he identifies as, if he'll surrender his identity and pick up Maybe he puts down the push pole and he picks up the staff. He says, I'm going to live and follow Jesus the way that you would want me to live. I'm going to disciple the people. I'm going to teach people the way that you have taught, taught me. I say all that to say this. I think that there's some people in the room here this morning that 
you need to understand that your relationship with Jesus is not always flowers and butterflies and teddy bears and Chick-fil-A sandwiches. It's not always about you being comfortable. I believe very hard, I've wholeheartedly, I've seen it in my own life many times in which Jesus allows something to happen to me that is uncomfortable, that feels like a poke or a push. And later on, I recognize that it was because he was looking out for me. He was working it out for me. And so I want to I challenge you to push past what is comfortable for you. To maybe readjust your identity from that is that is as an accountant or as a realtor, as a mom, as a construction worker, as a retired person, to understand that Jesus is even saying to you, I, I want to I want to adjust some things. I want you to take on my identity. That's what it means to be a Christian. To be Christ-like. It means we follow him. And so whether you're here today and you're being pulled towards him or you're being pushed away, I want to let you know that in both of those, it's because he loves you he has a plan for you and he cares about you. He wants to see you succeed. He wants to see you get through what you're going through. So don't lose heart. I've watched enough videos of sheep to understand that the sheep can't get, get, it, get through it alone. The sheep cannot survive on their own. I don't think that's how God made us to be. I don't think we're supposed to survive on our own. But if we'll continue to have faith in him and trust him, if we'll allow him to pull us and push us, then I think we have the opportunity to experience life in a more fuller, peaceful way than anything else in this world has to offer. And that's what I want. That's what I want for you. That's what, that's what he wants for you. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, if you're here today and you say, Brian, I've been caught up in my own identity. I've been stuck in just living life for me. I feel like I'm getting beat up. I feel like it's just not working out. And today I want to take a step and I want to make sure I continue or start to follow him. I want to take on the characteristics of Jesus. I want to love like him. I want to lead like him. I want to pursue him. If that's you here today, if you want to take a step in pursuing him, I just want you to raise a hand up and put it right back down. You might be making the decision for the very first time. You might have made this decision before. But as you raise that hand, it's not for me and you. It's something inside of you connecting to him saying, I continue to pursue you above all else. Heavenly Father, you see the hands I've raised. God, you know what we're struggling with, what we're dealing with. I pray that today that you would 
continue to encourage us and strengthen our faith so that when times continue to get bleaker or darker, that we would not worry or stress or fret, but that we would focus our eyes on you, that we would pay attention to the times in which you pull us or the times in which you push us, and that we would listen to you, the good shepherd, and how you would want us to live. And I thank you that as we continue to pursue you, the best is still yet to come. We love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say, amen, amen. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.